Well, hello, and welcome to Remember God Loves You, and I'll meet you at the finish line. Well, I hope you guys are having a blessed day, because I know I am, because today is a day that the Lord hath made, and we shall rejoice and praise and be glad in it. And God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. Excuse me. You know, there's something about the storm. You know, I have to say that in my life right now, um, it's so weird what just happened. I got like really sick yesterday. And I just want to tell you that uh, that whatever happened yesterday where I was woke up so good. Actually, I had a rough time sleeping last night or the night before. And it was like off and on, couldn't really sleep and just was really under the weather. But one thing that I did was um, after I woke up and all that, I was like really ill, like throughout the whole day yesterday. And I was going to do a recording, but then I kept just being pushing it back. But then I realized how I needed to go to God in prayer. I needed to go to him and ask for a heart of healing to get me through this storm of poor health. You know, in our life, what I mean by storm is I'm I'm talking about all different sorts of storms, storms of life, storm of financial burden, storms of uncertainty. You know, yesterday I was encountered a storm of uh, ill, poor health. And that's all meant to deter us from God. It's all meant to either two storms are made out about it. Number one is that the storm is meant to blame God and say, God, why am I, why am I sick when you thought you could heal somebody or you could heal me. Or another one is on our own doing. For instance, when we rob a bank, which, or I shouldn't say that, when we spend frivolously or out of hand or we just do poor spending, there's a storm that we are asking for. Now, I'm not saying that's our own fault, but that's a consequence of our actions. But one thing that I have to say is that God does hear all of our prayers. God hears our burdens. He hears that cry. And now I'm feeling a lot better somewhat today than I did yesterday. How awesome is that? That God answered my prayer. And he answered, I'm sure, other people's prayer as well. And with this in mind, this kind of correlates to today, today's reading, which is um, the calm, the calm study. And it is by um, live each day in calm aimed with the storm. That's the devotion. And with this in mind, we're going to jump in and read Matthew chapter 8. But before that, we're going to start off with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us together. We thank you that we can just come here in reverence of you, Lord. We're so blessed to be called your children. We're so blessed to be obedient unto you, Lord. Lord, we pray for whatever poor health that I experienced yesterday can just subside. But Lord, help me to understand that you are a merciful father at the end of the day. Help me to understand that you show us mercy and you show us kind and you show us tenderheartedness. Lord, because we know that you can do all things. You can heal the blind man. You can make the lame to to walk and the mute to talk. And the best part of it, Lord, is you never give up on us when time is rough. 
Lord, may you guide us and protect us as we go out through this very frigid day in Minnesota, but I'm sure in other places, in Wisconsin or wherever it's cold. Just pray that families have a warm place to be at. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. So it's interesting because Matthew 8 has a lot of parables. And verse 1, we read about the man with leprosy. And that's why I think today is just absolutely correlated with today. When Jesus came down from the mountainside, when Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately, he was clean, cleansed of his leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, See that you don't tell anyone, but go. Show yourself to the priests and offer the gift Moses, Moses is commanded <clears throat> as a testimony to them. Verse 8, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. But just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I, I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, Truly, I tell you, I have, found, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said to the centurion, Go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. I find it to be interesting. Number one, how beautiful is God's word? Knowing that whatever happens, like the words that come out, God, Jesus can heal you and he can state to you, um, go out. And let me be healed. And he doesn't have to touch you. Just his words heals anyone. I believe that to be true in my life. And I also believe that to be true back then and today. Because our prayers can be heard. And that our prayers and praying to God for somebody to be healed or somebody to walk is true. For instance, I know this can be a true testament. Because when I was paralyzed from the neck down... There were prayers that were brought out. And it's through the prayers and the Lord hearing our prayers that I was able to continue to walk again. 
I was able to rise and glorify Him and worship Him. And God is so good. And then in verse 14, when Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her. And she got up and began to wait on him. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him. And he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up infirmities and broke our diseases. But it's interesting because each and every single one of us has a testimony. And each of us, every single one of us has an option or an opportunity. But there's a cost in following Jesus Christ. There's a cost in knowing his word and being a disciple of him. You're not going to be liked by everyone. You're not going to be the number one employee of the month if you are following of Jesus Christ. You're not going to be anyone. And I find that to be sad. But at the same time, we're not meant to peace man because we will always fail man. Verse 18, I think, correlates the best of it. When Jesus, when Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to cross to the other side of the lake. Then a teacher of the law, <clears throat> and then the teacher of the law came to him and said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lie in his head. Another disciple said to him, Lord, first, let me go and bury my father. But Jesus told him, follow me and let the dead bury their own. Verse 23. This is so awesome, this, par this parable. Then he got into the boat and, he, and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him up and saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men was ama were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Amen and amen. And I want you to stop for a second. Close your eyes. Imagine you being in that boat with the disciples. Imagine the winds and the waves tossing out and about. And just imagine him like going about it. Imagine the waves and imagining those waves of storms that you're going through, whether if it's an illness or whether it's anxiety or fear of what's going to happen next. And you wake up Jesus saying, Lord, where are you? Why am I? I feel like I'm drowning. I feel like we're going to capsize. And, and Jesus puts a hand on your shoulder and, and says, everything's going to be okay. I have you in my hands. 
You are protected. You are loved. And he gets up and he states, peace be still. And suddenly those fears and worries are gone. Those fears and worries of what's going to happen next? What's going to happen with my kids? What's going to happen to my health? Are all gone. And not only that, but I know I have a Heavenly Father that loves, for, that cares for me. I know I have a Heavenly Father that will do everything for my heart, will protect me even during the storms, and that no man on earth can do that unlike the Lord. I just absolutely f find that fascinating. I, I mean, I just love it. And he continues on, you know, in verse 28 um, in Matthew, when he states, when he arrived at the other side of the region of Gardenus, two demon-possessed men coming from the tomb met him. They were so violent that no one could pass that away. What do you want with us, son of God? They shouted. Have you come here to torture us before the appointed time? Some distance from them, a large herd of pigs was feeding. The demons begged Jesus, If you drive us out, send us into the herd of pigs. He said to them, Go. So they came out and went into the pigs, and the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and died in the water. Those tending the pigs ran off, went into the town and reported all this, including what had happened to the demon-possessed men. The whole town went out to meet Jesus, and they saw him. They pleaded with him to leave their region. Wow, 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 wow. How sad is that? You, realistically, that you're going to, you rather care more about your earthly possessions, such as pigs and your farm and all that, that you tell Jesus to leave? I just can't imagine that. I would not want to be in their shoes. I would not. I would. If Jesus came by where I'm at right now, I would welcome him with open arms, just as he's going to welcome me with his open arms when I cross that finish line. When I... <clears throat> When I also just go to him and Jesus were to stop by and say, Sasa, can I stay with you? He would always have a place under me. As a matter of fact, he can have the master room and I can sleep on the floor. Because we have to find a time for Jesus. And the fact that the men didn't want a single thing to do Jesus, with Jesus at all shows you that they were well into their sin. It shows you that sin was controlling their life. And so... As we kind of like started off with talking about the storm, we're going to end talking about the storm because many of us spend numerous hours of the day worrying and fretting over things we have little or no control over. Our stomachs churn, our minds spin, and our hearts hurt. We can't enjoy a beautiful spring morning, a, wa a, water a walk in the park, working a job we love, or being with the people we love because of the anxiety we are experiencing or the angst we are anticipating. What is it that we are afraid of? That's my question. What are you afraid of 
that is causing you such a turmoil in your life. Rather than peacefully walking through the day uh, confident in God, resting in his character, trusting in his power, and believing in his word, we are overcome with worry and fear instead. Some of us may be so accustomed to feeling this way that we don't even realize how much it impedes our boldness, our energy, and our focus. We don't see how much it impacts our earthly relationships and ultimately our relationship with God. We live tossed to and fro by the waves of our flesh, which hampers our ability to live fully in the spirit and our spirit of Christ and enjoy communion with our Heavenly Father each day. I can hear Jesus lovely saying to me or to you, Why are you afraid? Oh, you of little faith. It was after he said these words to the disciples that he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, <clears throat> and there was a great calm. Now, here's the calm aspect. Because we can learn to find calm by faith amidst the waves of sin and storms of emotion within our hearts. It may seem impossible, but there is hope and there is comfort to be found. First, you know that you are not alone and that this is not any surprise to your Lord. He is with you in it all and he loves you so much. Second, you know that you are not a failure in his sight because you struggle with this. It is an age-old challenge for all of God's people, even the great. The Lord Joshua, the Lord told Joshua, a valiant leader in Israel, who followed the Lord fully, to be not to not be afraid. And finally, remember that with Christ nothing is impossible. He is able to do anything he sets his heart on. He is able to do anything that he wants. When we understand that we are weak and learn how to look to Christ and cling to him, he will begin to experience Christ as our calm. Amen and amen. And with this in mind, we're going to end it with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for what you have done in our life. We thank you that whatever the storms are going through, that it won't shake us. Whatever the storms are going through, it won't hinder us and hinder our walk because you're an awesome God. Lord, you have done so much for our lives. And Lord, I pray that anyone that's going through a health issue, um, anyone that's going through a financial burden, I pray that you put a hedge of protection over them, that you love them so much, God. And that you show your empathy, you show your compassion over them, Lord, because you're so, you're so awesome, Lord. We don't look at that sometimes, Lord. We look at ourselves. We look at what we can do for our, ourselves when we should look at what you have for us. Lord, may you guide us and protect us as we continue the path that you have set before us so that when we cross that finish line, Lord, we can run into your arms and we can hear you say to us, well done, my good and faithful servant. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. And amen. Well, with this in mind, guys, I hope you have a blessed day. And remember, God loves you, and I'll meet you 
at the finish line. Bye.